We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. The Gap Factory Labor Day sale is happening now. Hurry in for the best deals of the season. 40 to 75% off everything. Plus doorbusters August 30th through September 2nd only. Tees from $4.99. Logo styles from $16.99. And jeans from $19.99. Shop in-store today at Gap Factory or at GapFactory.com. And he lives. Maybe. Oh. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Dice Tradecast, brought to you by My FFPC on Rotoviz Radio. I am here today on a glorious Monday evening. Hopefully, you're listening to this on a Tuesday or Wednesday. And last time we recorded, it was Memorial Day. Uh, my good friend Dan was at his in-laws, partying it up, forgetting that it was a Monday, and then we record Tradecast on a Monday. But on this on this Monday, Dan has remembered. We're on the podcast. Dan, welcome back. I I have remembered. Uh, I am here. Totally, totally spaced on me last week while I was enjoying some family time. But yeah, we're here. We're back. I'm glad to be back. Happy to happy to talk some some dynasty football. Happy to to see your your just lovely face. And by the way, for all the listeners that haven't been paying attention, um, if you've been around Twitter or seen any of the stuff going on with the weight loss challenge. Our good friend Nathan over here, I mean, 
ponying up 25 pounds is pretty sick. I I mean, that psychopath John Bosch did like a million pounds, but that's <laughs> he he went. I'm pretty sure he's doing like some drugs or something. He has to be. There's no way any normal human. But honestly, that's super, super cool. Congratulations on that. And, you know, keep it up. Did you have a cheat day? Yeah, I did. It was uh, went to a, a brewery in South Florida and had uh, some steak with fries and like duck fat and it was it was oh quite <laughs> quite the uh blue cheese it, it was quite the meal but i i have been you know I, i've continued the diet I, I had a little bit you know more than like like the for the two months of, of the challenge i completely cut out fried foods red meat and and beer and I, i've had like one or two beers past that that one meal so i mean not quite as st- as strict as i was with the challenge that's just because I'm a degenerate that I would, I wouldn't cheat while gambling, but now that the gambling aspect is over, uh, I treated a little bit, but, but it, I mean, everyone has said it like, you know, great job, Nathan, uh, continue the gr- hard work. And that's honestly, how I feel, you know, not to get too like personal with it, but yeah, I want to continue uh, the weight loss and, uh, continue to look good. <laughs> For sure. Absolutely. And, and we'll start the show here in a second, like legitimately, but uh, you said beer a couple of times. And for those that maybe have listened and mentioned it a couple of times here and there, I haven't had an adult beverage in quite some time and I didn't break my streak. However, Heineken just came out with a zero zero beer, which my goodness, someone figured out how to make a non-alcoholic beer taste like beer. It is delicious. It's the first one I've legitimately like loved. It's so good. So go get yourself a zero zero. Enjoy the beer taste without the alcohol. All right, let's go. All right, here we go. We're going to talk some football. And the best way that you can learn about football is by getting a Rotoviz subscription. And I've got a deal for you folks. I've got a deal for you. You can get 10% off a Rotoviz pass by getting rotoviz.com slash podcast. 10% off, that's money in the bank, shoddy what you drank. Make sure you get it, uh, all the knowledge, all the great articles, all the tools, everything you could need for fantasy football, Rotoviz has got it. Make sure you subscribe, rotoviz.com slash podcast. Help support your local podcasters, Dan and Nathan. All right, today uh, we're going to be talking. So we, we've talked the rookies, winners and losers. We've talked the veterans, winners and losers. And then we even had a little bit more of an off the beaten path episode last week, the Ryan McDowell. So now we're going to kind of combine the, the first two that I mentioned with the depth chart NFL draft shakeup. Uh, some some depth charts were uh, changed more than most. Obviously, wide receivers usually have a little bit more change because not often do teams invest multiple draft picks at the running back position. But we're going to go through the teams that invest in multiple picks at wide receiver and maybe a couple of the running back scenarios as well that were, you know, changed that we haven't hit on as much in the earlier episodes. So this is a depth chart NFL draft shakeup. And we're going to start off that with the 49ers. They probably had the biggest shakeup from the NFL draft. You had Debo Samuel at the beginning of the second round and Jalen Hurd in the third round, adding to a young wide receiver core that didn't really have much outside of Dante Pettis. What are your initial thoughts of this 49ers wide receiver situation as we enter the season? Well, I, I kind of mentioned it pre-show with, with just you, but honestly, it, it feels like kind of a, a sneaky good wide receiver core. None of these guys really project out as a true number one. I think Pettis makes the most sense as a true number two. And I think Debo is kind of that that slot type guy, but he can do more. He can play outside. And then Hurd's kind of that like 
tight end wide receiver hybrid red zone threat. So I, I think they have the makings of a really good core. I don't really think anybody loses much. Like I don't think Pettis really loses any value from Debo going there. I think they can definitely coexist in what should be assuming Jimmy G stays healthy and this is going to just be a passing offense. I think they're going to try to get the running backs involved, but the running backs they have are all pass catcher backs. So I feel like there's, they're going to spread the ball around. None of these guys are going to be wide receiver ones or wide receiver twos from the fantasy scope. But I think everybody in this offense really could do some damage in the, in the wide receivers, specifically Pettis and, and Debo, I think have a really good opportunity to, to kind of sneak up and still be good values. I know Pettis has been creeping up a little bit just because he is projecting to be the wide receiver one in San Francisco and now crazier things have happened. So anybody could really take that spot, but now knowing the offense for an extra year and hopefully giving it, getting a healthy Jimmy G back, I think, I think Pettis can kind of build on what he started with last year. And, you know, he, he only got to play in, you know, have a, like a dozen games or so. So he didn't get his full season in and he didn't really have a huge workload until kind of later on. But when we saw him, he was an explosive playmaker. You know, he was making plays down the field. Uh, his yards per catch, I think, was relatively high. It was over 16, if I recall. And he's scoring touchdowns. So that's that's important. I feel like we have a big playmaker on the outside there. And I think you've got a really solid uh, underneath and intermediate type guy with Debo. And then, like I said before, Heard kind of being that red zone, that red zone threat. Yeah, I, d- I definitely do see this as what could end up being a, a pass-heavy offense. I'm not super familiar with their defense, but if I remember correctly, it's not going to be you know one of the top NFL defenses. They're going to be a team that, that needs to throw the ball, and they have the running backs that you know profile well as pass catchers. I, I love Samuel and Hurd, both at their current rookie draft prices. You know, you're usually getting Samuel around that 111 to 203 range. I think that's great value for a guy who went the, the top of the second round. He's going after, you know, running backs that went in the third round. He's going after wide receivers. I mean, in, in some cases, I've seen Hakeem Butler go over him, who we'll talk about later with the Cardinals. I, I've seen a number of guys that were drafted much later than Samuel at the top of the second who are going over him in rookie drafts. And Jalen Hurd is more of the same. Jalen Hurd, a day two pick, uh, you know, mid third round of the NFL draft. Yet he's going behind so many, so many day three players, you know, the Justice Hills, the Rykel Armsteads, you know, players like that are going ahead of a guy. For me, it's all about that top two day investment. If, if a guy isn't getting taken in those top two days, the odds of NFL success are severely decreased. So I definitely like Samuel and Hurd's value. And Pettis was honestly a lot like uh, Samuel last year, where there were many guys who were going ahead of him in rookie drafts that weren't going, that didn't go ahead of him in the NFL draft. So Pettis was a value last year. I do think that he has seen the sophomore, you know, jump to where he's being valued correctly. Um, I don't think he's quite being undervalued like he was, you know, this time last year, but I, I, do, I do think that these are guys who I think they have pretty high floors in that offense, assuming Jimmy G stays healthy. They don't quite have, you know, the, the wires, the top 15, top 20 wide receiver, you know, ceiling, I don't think in at least this year, but I think Samuel and Pettis are, are both very solid wide receiver threes this year. Yeah. And when we're talking about Debo and you mentioned him being a pretty good price right now in rookie drafts, let's not forget the 20, you know, the 2016, 2017 off season, he had a big breakout year as a true sophomore and he was flying up Debbie ranks and going relatively early in a lot of Debbie drafts. 
And then, of course, 2017 gets hurt, misses basically the whole season, and then comes back with a really strong senior season. So I, I feel like the injury played, obviously, a big role in kind of his fall off, I guess, from real value. But he's a legit type wide receiver. Yeah, he's under six feet or whatever he is, but he's a big, solid dude. And, and I mean, he's built for the NFL, no doubt. And he can do all sorts of things. So I, I think of all the values for this offense, I think Debo might be my favorite and would probably be my number one target if I was forced to go get somebody because I already have all the Jarek McKinnon shares. I don't need to go find one of those. But if I had to pick a wide receiver, I think I'm targeting Debo. Now we're going to move on to our second team, our second set of wide receivers, and it's going to be the Arizona Cardinals. They drafted Andy Isabel in the second round with that Josh Rosen pick. They drafted Hakeem Butler with the first pick in the fourth round. And, of course, they drafted Kyler Murray, uh, the, the superstar quarterback out of Oklahoma, with the first pick in the NFL draft. So they got Christian Kirk from last year. They got Larry Fitzgerald, and it is twilight. I feel like he's been in his twilight since I was in high school. That was a long time ago. So what are your thoughts on this wide receiver core as we enter 2019, Dan Senyo? It's an interesting one. I, I didn't really get the Isabella pick. I feel like – I don't really want to say that that he and Christian Kirk are just kind of do the same things because Kirk can – you know, he can make those big plays outside. And Isabella obviously can do kind of the same thing. But I feel like you have two slot receivers, and maybe that's what's best for – trying to break in a rookie quarterback and then they go for an outside receiver or they assume that Hakeem Butler is going to be that guy to play your big outside receiver role. I don't know. I don't know what to think of it. it it's like I said, I didn't love it. Um, I didn't like Kirk originally. I was pretty off of him, but the way he performed with pretty atrocious quarterback play was kind of impressive. He played really well. He, he was a little bit streaky. He kind of came and went with how the quarterback play went. But just like with Pettis, only playing in 12 games, he was pretty pretty useful in those games when he saw the targets. For the most part, he took advantage, scored a few touchdowns, didn't have any games over 100 yards, but you know, an eight-target, seven-catch game for 90 yards in his, what, third game against Chicago of all teams? That's pretty solid. Well, we can we can stay with that and, and hope he kind of builds on that. And then the little engine that could, Andy Isabella, you know, I, I like the potential of what the player could be, but, you know, the 5'8", the 5'9", 185-pound thing, it's still, even though the NFL has proven that these type of players can exist, it's still always that little thing in the back of your brain. And then on the polar opposite end of the spectrum, you have the the Jolly Green Giant, Hakeem Butler, who just for whatever reason fell off the face of the planet in the draft and maybe the Cardinals stole him or maybe everybody else just kind of realized maybe he was a project. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what to think about that. I liked, didn't love Hakeem Butler. I mean, I'll say I had him ahead of Andy Isabella, so there's that, but I'm not an NFL scout. I don't you know, I don't say I'm an NFL scout or that I think I could do those types of things. But yeah, this is a weird one. I still I still prefer Kirk by a good margin to everybody. I probably won't have any shares of Isabella or Butler because they're honestly going probably too early for me to take them wherever in the second they're going. If Butler makes it to the third, which I've seen only a couple of places, I may consider an investment at that point. 
But with Fitzgerald still there for at least one more year, we'll see kind of how that pans out because you're going to assume he's going to take kind of the lead uh, and obviously David Johnson being there and with a rookie quarterback, them probably trying to just make him comfortable. But I, I expect big things from Kyler. I just don't know that this is the core that's going to do it. Part of this may be the bias of not really being sure Jalen Hurd is a true you know, NFL receiver, NFL asset. But for me, I'm more worried about the Cardinals investment wide receiver for Kirk than I am the 49ers investment wide receiver for Pettis. I think Pettis has the clearer role as the wide receiver one in San Francisco than Christian Kirk does in Arizona. I think that Kirk could easily be supplanted by Isabella or Butler as early as this year. I still like him as a, as a player. I mean, I'm pretty sure he was a second round pick last year as well. So he's still a good NFL prospect, good NFL player. But I, I do think Isabel and Butler are both guys that are, are going to be taking targets as early as this year. And I, I think that all, all three of them will be contending to be the wide receiver one long-term in Arizona. Yeah. Kirk was 47th overall last year. And, you know, maybe you're right with kind of the the change in Arizona and bringing in Kingsbury. Maybe he those are just his guys that he wanted to have. I, I can definitely see that that happening where where maybe they trade Kirk if he's just not built for what Kingsbury wants to do. He wants to speedster and Isabella and the big body outside Butler and then they go after a true one in the great class for next year. Maybe maybe that's the the path they take. Who knows? Uh, I just I, I like the player in Kirk better than Isabella and Butler, but to your point, very, very easily could he be supplanted by Cliff's guys. Yeah, and, and the, the one the one positive here with, with all three of these guys is that, it, and certainly this is baked into their price currently, it's the fact that Cliff Kingsbury could legitimately be the next you know offensive guru at, at the NFL level. He could be what what, what we saw from uh, Shanahan, and when Shanahan first got you know control of an NFL offense, and if that's the case, then very easily, I, I think that Fitzgerald ends up holding back from all three being relevant in, in year one. But as, as early as 2020, all three could be relevant, you know, weekly wide receiver fours or higher, uh, all three. So I, if there's one that I'm fading the most, it is Butler. But I, I do think some people are not appropriately reacting to adding two wide or actually three wide receivers. They had a Keyshawn Johnson as well to Kirk's price. Yeah, I've seen Butler still going late first, early second, which if you're spending a first round pick on someone that fell that far in the draft, you probably should reconsider some things. The Gap Factory Labor Day sale is happening now. Hurry in for the best deals of the season. 40 to 75% off everything. Plus doorbusters August 30th through September 2nd only. Tees from $4.99. Logo styles from $16.99. And jeans from $19.99. Shop in-store today at Gap Factory or at GapFactory.com. The Gap Factory Labor Day sale is happening now. Hurry in for the best deals of the season. 40 to 75% off everything. Plus doorbusters August 30th through September 2nd only. Tees from $4.99. Logo styles from $16.99. And jeans from $19.99. Shop in-store today at Gap Factory or at GapFactory.com. Let's move on to our next one. These are going to be a little little less high-profile as the last two. <laughs> and it's going to be Terry McLaurin, third-round pick. Kelvin Harmon, sixth-round pick. Trey Quinn, undrafted free agent. Maybe seventh-round pick. Maybe, maybe I'm getting that wrong. And Josh Doxson, first-round pick from approximately 87 years ago when he was only 28 <laughs> years old. This is a, just a kind of a gross situation with – some potential gold. We'll see what Dwayne Haskins turns into. 
I again another one of those guys that I like, don't love, uh, in Haskins that is. But then you go through and kind of look at the names. Trey Quinn is somebody, however, that I've been kind of quietly buying as much as possible because let's not forget about that lovely nine catch 75 yard touchdown game he had randomly in the season surrounded by injuries and whatnot so you know we got that going for us extrapolate that we got a hell of a player (laughs) but then you look at like mclaurin who kind of snuck up some boards and and i think he probably ended up having more value than than a lot of people would have thought I know that there was a lot of pre-draft hype uh, about McLaurin as well. He he kind of started to move up and then didn't get the greatest of landing spots in AJ Gruden offense. But and you know he could have done he could have done worse. I, I I think McLaurin. I mean he's not going to do what Michael Thomas did, but I think the lack of numbers and usage in that system is kind of it's not well thought out. You know that that was a big knock and I'm I was guilty along with everybody else not no not really using uh, my brain power when considering that Ohio State just really doesn't throw the football a ton and when they do usually it's to whoever their number one is and with McLaurin not you know not a ton of production but I mean explosive his his fine his senior year he had and now I most of you should be able to do the math on this he had 35 catches for 700 yards now again i'm no math genius but 20 yards per reception is pretty sick and and double digit touchdowns as well with with 11 touchdowns granted uh dwayne haskins threw 50 touchdowns so those touchdowns were to go gonna go somewhere but i i I, we talked about a little bit about butler going ahead of isabel and him being the, the later drafted player i think that makes more sense than what we've seen with mclaurin and Harmon. Harmon, the sixth-round pick, has been going ahead of the third-round pick, McLaurin, in a number of dynasty rookie drafts. That's coming from someone who had his fair share of Kelvin Harmon Debbie shares. But if I can look at any of my Debbie shares right now and flip them for the much earlier drafted McLaurin, I'm doing that every day of the week and twice on Sunday. I I think that it's a very wide-open situation that Harmon could end up being relevant. But I, I think that McLaurin has the much better shot at being relevant uh, quickly and being relevant for longer. So I, I, I'm definitely soured on my on my Harmon love. Uh, is there any possibility for Doxon to revive his career, or is he done? I don't think so. You know, he's yeah, he struggled with the injuries and trying to get his his foot in the door in the offense. But I, I feel like it's been long enough. It was if it was going to happen, it would have happened already. He's probably at best going to be a situational guy bring him in for some jump balls in the end zone or you know when they need a big gain on a fourth down or whatever it happens to be he'll probably end up being the wide receiver three or four in this offense but i feel like they're going to give him a fair shot to to earn his spot and hope he stays healthy because yes the investment was still there and he's still around so might as well try to get what you can out of him while you still have him. And I mean, if, if they can make Harmon work, you've got probably got your one there with McLaurin and Quinn kind of doing all the rest of the work. So uh, I feel like what they did at wide receiver in this draft, however, you know, that they didn't go out and spend a ton. They spent enough or the writing's kind of on the wall for Doxon. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think that his you know best possible outcome right now is just being a red zone guy, a guy who catches like twenty five to thirty balls, seven touchdowns. I think that's the best the Reds, Redskins can hope for out, out of Josh Doxson at this point. Anything more than that would be a huge win. But I don't think they're expecting anything more than that because they invested the two picks at wide receiver, including you know the third round pick in ter- Terry McLaurin. So basically, my my point with with this wide receiving core. Stop Stop taking Kelvin Harmon over Terry McLaurin. If you have Kelvin Harmon, can turn him to Terry McLaurin, I would do it. I, I think that the floor is higher with, with McLaurin. The ceiling's higher. I, I just don't see the logic in taking Harmon. The only reason to take Harmon over McLaurin is that you had a Debbie crush on him. And I did, and I'm still not doing that. <laughs> well, that's that's your that, – well, you're smart. Uh, I fully agree with trying to do anything you can to swap Harmon for McLaurin and – you know, aside from Trey Quinn, McLaurin would be my target in this offense. As much as I do like Trey Quinn, there's legitimate upside in Terry McLaurin. So hopefully we see that Haskins to McLaurin connection continue. Big explosive plays, lots and lots of touchdowns, and uh, it's great for everyone. And speaking of things that are great for everyone, let's talk about that lovely FFPC. It's been 10 years since the FFPC filled their very first Dynasty League, and now they've grown to be the world's largest Dynasty League commissioner with leagues as high as $5,000. Yes, $5,000. FFPC leagues are active and competitive, and not a single league has ever folded. Think about that. 10 years, not one league has folded. Nuts. Brand new startup Dynasty Leagues are forming right now, starting at just $77, and then they work their way up. You got standard, you've got super flex, you got best ball. I mean, what more can you ask for? FFPC has plenty of other great redraft formats as well. Best ball drafts, which I mean, Nathan is the best ball guy in the dynasty world. So you want to play regular best ball, dynasty best ball, Nathan best ball. They've got it. And those drafts start at just uh, $35 and go all the way up to 1250. They've got slow drafts. Like I got live ones. They've got stuff happening all the time so make sure you head on over to myffpc.com that's myffpc.com and sign up for as many drafts as your little bank can handle honestly get in there get at it myffpc.com there we go so i guess we just got to the wide receivers today uh we'll get maybe talk some running backs next week we all, we got to save some topics of course for the rest of this offseason but today we're going to do a little bit of the rookie rookie all the vet i've been told my rookie or the vet wasn't sounding enough like benny and the jets so i, I feel like i i fixed it at that time you need to get higher pitched Benny. I can't do it. Rookie. There you go. See, get in there. Rookie of the vet. Use that soul. There you go. There we go. All right. Rookie of the vet. This is going to be the quarterback edition cover. So we've, we've talked about some of the rookie quarterbacks, but I feel like we've, we've uh, dismissed some that we feel like we should talk about. So one that we haven't dismissed, Kyler Murray talked about him earlier this episode, talked about him about 17 times in the last 17 episodes. But the question for rookie of the vet is Kyler Murray. Or Jared Goff? Well, for me, this is easy. This time last year, we were talking about all of Baker Mayfield's numbers. And wow, generational this and world-class that. Well, here's Kyler Murray, who's got all of those numbers right there. (laughs) And everyone only wants to talk about how short he is. To me, that's a little bit ridiculous. If he was 5'6", which in some of those pictures he looks like he might be, 
but they have confirmed heights now. So I think we have to roll with that. I think he's going to be just fine. They're going to use him exactly how they should. Cliff got his guy. They made it happen. This for me is Kyler by like a full tier. Uh, I still like Goff. Don't get me wrong. I just, I, I got a little worried last year as that Rams offense got stale. Goff got predictable and it, it looked different than it had been looking. So I feel like there could be a, a decent bounce back after kind of a crappy end to the Rams season last year uh, for Goff. But I, for me, this is Kyler and I'm pretty comfortable. See, you make the Baker comparison and maybe it's you're, you're learning the lesson from last year, but Baker wasn't priced here last year where Kyler's currently being priced basically near or maybe possibly even at his ceiling. And granted, I think that his his floor is pretty high. And honestly, I'm not sure what I would do if I was in this situation. I had Kyler was offered golf. I think I'd just end up keeping Kyler. So I guess I'm going Kyler here, but I don't feel comfortable about it. I, I, I do think that there's a good amount of risk involved and maybe he's just not going to be a great NFL quarterback. And at, at his price, you know, QB8, QB9, that's saying – this guy's going to be a great quarterback, and he's going to be a great quarterback for a long time. He's he's in a good situation to do so. He's got the offense. He's got the wide receivers. Let's just say in, in a startup, I wouldn't be comfortable taking QB8, QB9. I would rather invest at an earlier quarterback, a Mayfield, a Mahomes, and maybe and, and go later at quarterback as well. But in a rookie draft, rookie auction, I'm, I'm all over trying to get Kyler and Superflex. But – I don't know. I, I don't quite feel comfortable at his price tag, where which is around Jared Goff and Carson Wentz. You gotta, I mean, you gotta spend money to make money, Nathan. High risk, high reward, and uh, also high risk, and then you can just blow the whole thing. So, uh, <laughs> I, I can understand where you're coming from, though. Yeah, that's that's it makes sense. All right, let's go to our next one. This is going to be a little bit of a rookie versus really the vet. Sometimes we <laughs> sometimes we stretch the word vet to be like. Oh, this guy's been in the league for seven and a half minutes. Therefore, he's a vet. But this one is Ricky or the vet. Dwayne Haskins or – oh, I, I, we always say this for our quarterback questions, but we're assuming Superflex here. But I guess we could give our answers for both if the answer changes at all. Uh, this one is Dwayne Haskins or Philip Rivers. Yeah. I, I Are we sure that Dwayne Haskins isn't one of Philip Rivers' kids? Is that <laughs> – he's got to be old enough at this point. Yeah, this one's this one's definitely closer for me. In the majority of the time, I think I'm taking kind of the guaranteed points in a situation like this. But I feel like Philip Rivers is kind of approaching that that last that last step. So you just mentioned going, you know, one QB or Superflex slash two QB. So I think if it's one QB, I'm probably I'm probably gonna stick with Rivers. Where if it's two QBs, where I'm more most likely rostering like five or six and have two decent starters already, I think that's where I'm more comfortable having Haskins. I don't like using an extra roster spot for a rookie quarterback in a one QB league if I already have three or four. And obviously those are situational, and and for the most part you're going to be taking best player available. But if I had to pick, it's probably a split between the two formats. If it was just a straight up vacuum, I think based on just what I could get out of it, I'd probably take Haskins because I feel like he'll have significantly more trade value, even though quarterback age doesn't really matter all that much. Uh, obviously, you don't want to be buying 45-year-old quarterbacks, but 
the guys that have a couple years left, I mean, that's pretty much all you're looking for to as a from a competitive window standpoint. Yeah, the way I look at this one, these two players have similar floors, but for different reasons. Haskins' floor is he could just not be a good NFL quarterback. Rivers' floor could be he falls off the cliff and ends up being, you know, on the long list of non-Brady 34-year-old quarterbacks who stop playing well. So I, I think with the similar floors, and then when you look at the ceiling, obviously Rivers is never going to, you know, regain value and go into the top 10 dynasty quarterbacks, top eight dynasty quarterbacks. That is within the range of outcomes for Haskins and that young Washington offense. It might be a year away. It might be a year away because that, that offense and that, and that, that roster is bad. <laughs> so Haskins might be a, a year away from making that leap, but accounting for the ceiling, I will take Haskins in this rookie year to that. The next one will be Daniel Jones or Andy Dalton. And I'm going to lead us off with this one. I think that we as a community generally undervalue Andy Dalton and veteran quarterbacks as a whole. And I, I think that, you know, we're, we're digging his grave a little bit prematurely. He, he does. He still does have the weapons with Joe Mixon and AJ Green and Tyler Boyd. And don't tell me Ryan Finley is competing for a starting job. I think that that the only way that you know Dalton loses his job is if the Bengals are so bad that they're a top five pick next year, and then they they take you know a Tua or a Jake Fromm or, or something like that. So I'm taking the immediate points with Dalton. I think Daniel Jones is a year or two away from starting. I think the Giants are that bad that they're not going to, you know, at least see what they have with Daniel Jones. So I'm taking Dalton in one quarterback super flex. I'm taking the points now and I'll, I'll, I'll try and buy Jones uh, cheaper later on. Yeah. This is, I mean, it, this one should be easy because Daniel Jones is absolutely atrocious and I can just, I'm listening to the argument in my head of the people that are like, well, they spent the six pick on him. He's going to get some run. Well, yeah, but that doesn't mean he's good. I mean, the Vikings spent the seventh pick on Christian Ponder however many years ago, and he was really good. So I don't know. I'm, I'd probably take Dalton just because I know he's at least going to get me some points. I don't know that Daniel Jones is going to do that. Yes, again, I understand they drafted him super high. They like him. We've seen they don't know what they're doing. They still have 900-year-old 900 900 Eli Manning throwing ducks to God knows who they traded away their best player. Well, Saquon's still there, but they traded away their best wide receiver. Well, Saquon's still there. Um, <laughs> no, uh, I just, I, I don't get it with Daniel Jones. Sure. They drafted him. high. it's just, I won't be spending any sort of draft capital on Daniel Jones. If he falls to me somewhere in the third in a super flex, which it won't, I'll take him there. That's about it. All right. Let's move on to our next one. Drew Locke, Denver Broncos, second round pick, or Marcus Mariota. This one makes me angry. I'm now upset, and I'm going to take it on out all of you. No, I'm not going to do that. Uh, this one is Marcus Mariota for me pretty comfortably. Yes, we all know that he's injured quite often, and some people seem to think he's not good, even though the numbers literally prove that he is actually pretty darn good. He just can't stay healthy. He had his messed up elbow, he soft tissue stuff, all sorts. The thing with Marcus Mariota is he's a good quarterback. We don't know that Drew Locke's a good quarterback. He wasn't really all that great in college. He was good enough, pro-style type. But Mariota has all of the upside, and yes, it's coach speak and off-season talk, all of that, but it sounds like he's been doing all of the right things, moving in the right direction, putting on muscle, adding mass, 
that helps protect your body in this in these situations. So I'm still believing in Marcus Mariota. Yes, it's been a tough couple of years, but the numbers are there to back up that he's an actually good quarterback and they're starting to fill that what that offense in around him pretty nicely and it's been pretty bad for basically his whole time there. We have what we hope is a strong RB1 and Derrick Henry. Now you have Corey Davis on the outside. They bring in AJ Brown. You still got his his favorite guy in um, Delaney Walker. You got the up and coming Johnny Smith. They went out and spent on Adam Humphreys. All of the things are pointing in the right direction for this offense. And if Marcus Mariota is healthy, yes, they brought in Ryan Tannehill. I understand they brought in another wide receiver. I get it, guys. It's still it's still Mariota by a large margin, and I'm pretty comfortable in buying him even above his current market price. He, he's, he's fallen way too far. Uh, the market will correct after a few weeks in the season. So you still have time to buy. I, I'm not saying like go rush out and send offers now, but at this valuation, you sure as heck better be buying. I'm not quite as certain in the future success of Marcus Mariota as, as you are, but I'm still taking him here. I, I They invested second round pick in AJ Brown. Corey Davis, Corey Davis can't just be a total bust, can he? He was very productive, college prospect, top five pick in the draft. Like I, I feel like, I mean, the third year breakout has become cliche to an extent, but you know maybe that's what this is for Corey Davis, and it's going to take a healthy Marcus Mariota for that to happen. So I, I, I think that the, the ceiling is much higher with Mariota, and he's going to be starting this year no matter what. That's definitely an important factor when it comes to Superflex. So I'm taking Marcus Mariota here. I, I just don't even see where Drew Locke wins this. You know, basically where Drew Locke wins this is if Mariota gets hurt again and then the Titans just, you know, say, okay, we're, we're moving on. He, he would need two people's arms to fall completely off. He would need Joe Flacco's arm to fall completely off, and he would need Marcus Mariota's arm to fall completely off. That's the only way he wins this. <laughs> All right, let's wrap this up with... One of the ones that I, I like both of these guys, so these are two of my, my top buys as I'm previewing this, it's going to be uh, Will Greer, Carolina Panthers, or Mason Rudolph, rookie of the vet, Will Greer, Mason Rudolph. What are your thoughts on these two? Obviously, in this scenario, we're definitely talking, talking super flex because you're not rostering either of these guys unless it's like one QB, 16 team, 800 <laughs> roster spots. Yeah, Mason Rudolph was a guy I was going after pretty aggressively last year. Uh, because I do feel like he he's an NFL quarterback, maybe not a top 25 NFL quarterback, uh, especially not at the moment, but he's got just about the best place you could go. And he's a good, he was a good quarterback in college, in, in my opinion, at least, and really underrated. This is a tough one because I thought Will Greer was going to go a lot higher in the NFL draft than he ended up going. I thought he was going to sneak his way into the first round somehow because I feel like he's got the tools to do it. I, I thought I felt like I still feel like he's better than Daniel Jones. And I feel like he's better than drew Locke. And again, goes to decent slash good situation. Can, I mean, I suppose a situation is better than none <laughs> being on a roster is a good, good move. So I think I'm going to go with Greer here just because I don't really know what the Steelers' plans are. Uh, and I feel like Greer could 
potentially get to a spot before Rudolph could. Yeah, I mean, when it comes down to it, whoever wins, I mean, not wins, neither guys are going to win a starting job. Whoever gets put in the position to have a starting job first ends up winning this this trade or this you know battle of who is the better dynasty asset. And for me, I know that you know some NFL types don't like Cam Newton as much as the fantasy types, but I, I just don't I don't see the Panthers giving up on Cam, whether it be in a trade or a cut, or they, they don't want to deal with the sour anymore. I don't I don't see Cam Newton not being the Panthers quarterback anytime soon. And that, that has to happen in order for Will Greer to, to matter at all. And Ben Roethlisberger has flirted with retirement. He signed like eight different extensions. So I, I just on the simple fact that it's more likely that Roethlisberger retires than Cam Newton is not the Panthers quarterback. That's why I'm taking Mason Rudolph. I think they're both very interesting and intriguing. Uh, I know that's just two words of the same meaning, but they're, they're – <laughs> There are two guys that I think are talented, and I think that if they get the opportunity, they're going to be good, but or at least you know serviceable. But I just think Mason has the, the better shot at this point. My, I guess my my thinking would be, what happens first? Cam gets hurt for an extended period of time, or Ben retires. I mean, it, I think that they're both are. 50-50 propositions both could easily happen. At this point, right, because of the injury to the shoulder and everything for Cam, and and like you said, Ben, I mean, he's we've heard he's retired like nine times, and obviously he's never come out and said like, hey, I'm retired, but when there's that much smoke, there's got to be fire at some point. We hope that you got some of our smoke and fire takes from this episode. <laughs> Make sure to leave a rating interview. Oh, before, before we sign off, Dan, I'm pretty sure this is going to be the case. I think that next week's episode of the Nice Tradecast will be the first Tradecast ever where neither I nor you will be on. I'm not going to reveal who's going to be on the Nice Tradecast next week, but it won't be either of us. And I think that it's always been at least one of us on the podcast. So it's going to be groundbreaking activity. There was maybe one a long time ago, if I can remember correctly, where one of us or both of us couldn't be here. But... This one's going to be special. I can't wait to listen to it. I don't want to hear it. You didn't even listen to last week's episode. You're a jerk. <laughs> well, yeah, but I wasn't on it, so I can't listen. To it. <laughs> no, I definitely don't listen when I'm on because uh, no one wants that. Alrighty, make sure to leave a rating or review on iTunes. Tell us how great we are. Give us your guesses for who you think is going to be on the podcast next week. We thanks. Thank you all so much for listening, and we'll talk to you guys in a couple weeks. But we'll still have a podcast next week. Well, this is the part of the show where Nathan dies. I'm sure he'll be back shortly. Maybe. We'll see. And he lives. Maybe. Oh. You died for a second. So I died I just, for a second? Yeah. I mean, I'm not sure if it might. It might have just been me, but you, you died on my end. Oh, because yours but, was totally frozen on my side. You keep cutting out. I don't know if you can hear me or not. You're frozen. It's got to be you. My, my internet's still all up and running. And you're frozen again. And Nathan just voxed me. It's his, it's, it's his Wi-Fi. Hilarious. So this must be, must be what it's like to...
do a radio show by yourself, just talking, pretending like there's someone listening. I suppose in reality, you're listening. We can go through my deepest, darkest secrets. We won't do that. There he is. He's back. It wasn't the internet that wasn't working. Right, right. But then the mic was the thing that just screwed up just now. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. The Gap Factory Labor Day sale is happening now. Hurry in for the best deals of the season. 40 to 75% off everything. Plus doorbusters August 30th through September 2nd only. Tees from $4.99. Logo styles from $16.99. And jeans from $19.99. Shop in-store today at Gap Factory or at GapFactory.com. The Gap Factory Labor Day sale is happening now. Hurry in for the best deals of the season. 40 to 75% off everything. Plus doorbusters August 30th through September 2nd only. Tees from $4.99. Logo styles from $16.99. And jeans from $19.99. Shop in-store today at Gap Factory or at GapFactory.com. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Rootmetrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.